The sermon this evening is based on 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. Uh, the sermon is entitled, Joyfully Lutheran, the Confession of Our Sins. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Walking in the light. I remember a day, probably, I don't remember exactly, but probably around six years ago, maybe I was up late at night, and um, as I was getting ready for bed, I, I took off my contacts, and, um, and I think literally I'm legally blind without my lenses on. <laughs> so, so I was thirsty, right? Before you sleep, you're supposed to be... Right, Ruth? Hydrated a little bit before you sleep. And uh, I go to the refrigerator to get a drink of water. And as I was going to the refrigerator, I could have sworn I saw a shadow zipping across the kitchen floor. I stood and told myself, ah, I just, it's probably just my bad eyes, right? (laughs) I must be seeing things. And I dismissed this as I shook my head. Oh, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. Right. Um... And I thought it was, you know, an aberration of some kind. I thought I wasn't, my mind wasn't going crazy or anything. But rather, you know, the next day I went again uh, to the kitchen, again, at night, in the dark. <sighs> but I turned on the light this time, and, and then I saw something run across the floor, and it was a little mouse. And he ran, and he zipped across the kitchen floor, right under the oven, to a safe place, and <laughs> honestly, I really didn't know what to do. Kind of just sat there for a couple hours wondering, what do I do? Sitting on my bed without my feet on the ground, afraid. Um, but the point is, that's not the point. You all know that I'm afraid of rodents and lizards and reptiles and everything, right? But the point is that the light exposes, Right? Or at least it should. Now just imagine if I turned on the light and the mouse just stared at me and he didn't run away. How would that be? It just wouldn't make sense, right? I mean, the nature of a mouse is to to run and hide and be in that dark corner where they cannot be caught. Now, uh, you must ask, why is he talking about rodents? Because this mouse story always reminds me of darkness and light. This mouse story always is a reminder of the reality of the fall and how we too, um, in this state of sin, as we have inherited it by our first parents, we very well know that it is in our nature to also flee from that very light. We don't want to be exposed. We want to hide everything and act like everything is a-okay. But again, at the the flip side, it always reminds me of why we come together on Sunday at church, as we begin every service with the words of confession. As we've been going through our Bible study on Sunday about worship, you know, we hear those words, O Almighty God, Merciful Father, 
I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you, right? Justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. That we're heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them, right? And we pray in your boundless mercy for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a, a poor, sinful being. Right? These are the words of our confession. These are our words to confess for each and every one of us, not just a, a platitude or a thought, but one that speaks to ourselves. That as we say these words, we are actually confessing and acknowledging our sins, knowing full well that in those very words we are undeserving of anything by our own merits, stripped from the illusion that we can actually save ourselves. But in all humility and faith we confess our sins. And that's all part of the life of faith that is about what it means to walk in the light. Yes, Jesus is the light of the world. That darkness will never overcome him. And this light shines upon us, exposing us and showing us the truth of who we are. It's easy in the sinful nature, right, for all of us with our itching ears to desire a, a palatable word, right? Something that caters to our own whims and, and our own space, our own boundaries, where we say at times, oh, let us pump the brakes. That's going too far. I don't want to hear about my sin. That's dirty. That's ugly. I just want to hear about all the good things. I mean, we live in a world that says that, don't, don't we? That dismisses the word of God. Well, God doesn't mean this, really, does he? I mean, we live in a culture, the changing of the times. How can that be relevant anymore? This word is too offensive. Who am I to say? But again, what does the word? Not just any word, but the word is the lamp unto our feet, the light to our path. That the word is our very light. But how man can skew that light and turn the other way. St. John, in our reading, says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And he continues, as we always hear it, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, isn't this what darkness brings? Not only the absence of light but the void of God's word and all of its truth. Not just what we want to hear or picking and choosing, but rather submitting and seeing the word in faith for what it is, living under the word, beyond our own opinion, our own perspective, our human reason, but really ask the question, what does the word of God say? Because if we are walking in what isn't, then we are walking in darkness. And thus, if we're walking in darkness, we are living a lie and practicing falsehood in our life. 
President Harrison writes in Joyfully Lutheran, uh, without solemn confession of sin, there is no confession of the forgiveness of the gospel. Without confession of the gospel, there can be no joyous life of praise. See, walking in darkness without a confession of sin, saying we have no sin and that we are by nature and good, that we, were, that we are by nature good, we don't want to hear what God's law say, says. That we find ourselves in this grave danger. Right? Without the confession of sins, Harrison writes, I cannot be Christian. A sin unconfessed withers a Christian heart, he says. Sin rules where it is not confessed and killed. If sin, can't, if sin can rule a saint like David or St. Peter or even Judas, who spent years with Jesus, what can it do to me, worm that I am? You know, as little children of God that we are, as lights of Christ in this world, yes, we are called to love and serve. But in the same vein, it is not a pursuit for perfection. Or even a resume builder, where we're trying to achieve good works to cleanse our conscience or prove something to God. But rather, the Christian life is a life of confession, is a life of repentance, confessing our sins and trusting in the promise of our Lord, of his word, that is the gospel. And this is what the devil does, doesn't he? He looks at that gospel and he tells you, no, be a mouse. Flee to darkness. It's the safe place. You could do whatever you want in darkness. No one is ever going to see. And how easy it is to flee into this darkness. But the reality is darkness, yes, as the Gospel of John states, that people will flee to darkness because they don't want to see their own wickedness, their evil exposed. That this is our fleshly nature, that we flee, yet it will only lead to destruction. The word that God tells us today, again, about the light, shows us it's not about what it means to be good. Right? Jesus doesn't say, come to light after you're good. But the Lord says, come to me, all you who are broken and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Confession of sins, the rest in the gospel. I think it also reminds me of the doctor's office. I always wonder why I shy away from giving a call to make that decade checkup. <laughs> Maybe it's the fear of knowing the truth, right? The dreaded numbers. What are the numbers going? I don't want to know, right? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know what's going on in my body. I just want to live ignorantly in the bliss that I have for myself. I think that goes the same with sin, doesn't it? We don't want to hear it. We don't want to address it. We don't want to think about the elephant in the room. 
We don't want to go there because we know that we don't measure up. And though we hide, it's of no use. And though we can deny or make excuses or justifications about our trespasses, this will only lead to more futility. And though we run away, it is still with us as we groan inwardly. God's word says, if, 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 if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We confess our sins. And it's not like Jesus says to us, now you do these things to prove your confession. No, it's Jesus who says this, I will face your sins for you. It's Jesus who looks at your sin and he goes to his very death straight for you. He takes those sins upon himself, the sins that show to us that we do not measure up. It is Jesus who does measure up for you. Sinless, obedient, the lamb who takes upon every disease of sin, every shame and guilt upon himself. The one who knew none of this, but because he loves you, became all of this for you. Yes, the light exposes, but yet at the same time, the light shines down on you and saves you. And this light is Christ's. The one who shatters the darkness by giving you his sacrifice, his body and blood, covering you with all of his glory, the glory of the cross and the resurrection, the glory that sets you free by the gift of the only begotten son who delivers forgiveness and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. No more wonder. No more crisis of conscience, whether you measure up or not. Because Jesus is the only faithful one. He takes up the cross. He dies for you. And in his faithfulness, there our faith depends. Yes, our faith depends upon Christ's work, his death and resurrection. It's not a faith that says, be good, earn your assurance, cleanse your conscience by your works. No, rather it is confess your sins. And there Christ is. Rest in the promise of this finished gospel that says, your sins are forgiven, done, finished, complete. The empty tomb proves it all. And when you confess your sins, and as you receive those words in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You are forgiven. This forgiveness is not just available to you, but you are actually forgiven. No longer do you need to be like a mouse. No longer do we need to scurry when the light hits us. But in his light, Christ, who stands for you, we stand as we draw near to the throne sprinkled 
with his blood. Friends, the burden has been lifted. The beauty of our Lord has covered us. The anchor of sin and death has been released. And indeed, all of you are forgiven. All of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.